Welcome to Retail Nightmares Podcast. My name is Alicia Tobin. I'm here with my co-host, Jessica Delisle. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. I'm great. I'm doing and feeling fine. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, should we get to it? Should we introduce our guest? Yeah. All right. I am so excited. A real-life in-person friend, according to me. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite comedians. A Canadian hero. Incredibly talented writer, actor, human being. It's Brent Butt. Greasy nightclub comedian and food abuser. <laughs> yeah, I can't. There's whenever I see Hawkins cheesies, I'm sure hundreds of people do the same thing or thousands, and they think of you. But <laughs> yeah, I love me the Hawkins. And uh, one time I was doing a show in Belleville, Ontario, which is the home of Hawkins. Mm-hmm. That's where the uh, manufacturing epicenter Whoa. of the Hawkins Empire. And uh, damned if Ken Hawkins, the president. Didn't drop oh, off a case gosh. at my hotel. Whoa. I don't know who told him what hotel I was at. He, he assumed. <laughs> I don't know how many <laughs> how many three-star hotels they have in Belleville. But anyway, he tracked me down. And there I came to the hotel, and they were like, we have a package for you. And I was like, oh, my God. Now, I heard an American uh, food critic on Twitter call them more salty than cheesy. Yeah, Would you they, agree with that? They're very salty. There's no getting around yeah. it. High mm-hmm. level of sodium. Mm-hmm. And can you polish off a whole bag, like a little bag or big bag? What's your limit? Is it endless? No, it wouldn't I, be, endless I would food. hit the wall. I would hit the yeah. wall for sure at a certain point. And, and I would hit the wall strictly because of the sodium. I yeah. would say. <laughs> Everything else I love. I love the crunch. I love the, because it's the, you know, the number one ingredient is cornmeal. So it's a, like a good, it's not like a f- puffy, oily cheesy this is a good crunchy cheesy yeah. and um they use real cheddar cheese in it my mouth is watering <laughs> as we talk about it i but want a bag so badly <laughs> i would hit the sodium wall for sure yeah that's one thing i have been kind of saying to my younger friends like i never had any idea how much salt would affect me in my 40s like i'm reading <laughs> sodium content because the next day i'll wake up and i'll have like puffy eyes and puffy ankles <laughs> Same. i can remember my mom saying this shit and being like, I don't know what she's talking about and just like huffing in another like five pounds of salt. It's like hangovers and drinking. It just gets worse. And I talked to my friend who's in her 20s, former guest uh, Kelly Ogmanson, who's an actor. And she was like, oh yeah, actors know all about this. It's like the sushi uh, pizza bloat, like the day before a shoot, like no one has pizza or sushi because it's like, so like sushi from the soy sauce, like the sodium is so high that it's like you you wake up with a puffy eyes, puffy hands, and it's like... This is why I decided to base my uh, TV acting career in a, as a puffy character. This was <laughs> savvy nice. forethought of my... Yeah. I thought, man, if I could just stay puffy. Stay puffy, your- everybody. <laughs> <laughs> stay puffed. That's, That's going to be my... Uh, your contract. Uh, my slogan. Stay puffy, yeah. everybody. Yeah. You can, like, merchandise, have stickers, keychains. Am I going to run into trouble with the Puff Daddy lawyers? Uh, no, but who's that other comedian who's like his whole thing is is being puffy is being puffy. Isn't there a puffy comedian? The Michelin man? I don't know. I remember there used to be a comedian, uh, Professor Puff. Remember? Oh, Whoa. really? Passed away. He might, have, he might have preceded you. R.I.P. Sorry, it's Fluffy. He calls himself Fluffy. Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now yeah, I'm Yeah, it's Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a Fluffy. He's always like, I'm Fluffy. I'm not fat. I'm Fluffy. Oh. But now, isn't that the kind of the term for somebody on an erotic film a set? Fluffer. A fluffer, a fluffer, right? Yeah. This is a, not- <laughs> somebody's job 
to to fluff somebody. Yeah, but not to fluffy somebody. <laughs> I do that with pillows. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a fluffer. I'm I fluff at home. That would be like the naive storyline of like the small town gal who gets a job at a movie set being a fluffer. <laughs> Because they got yeah. pillows and everything, and she shows up <laughs> to find out that's not at all what it is. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the time the fluffer's a guy. Yeah, could be. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> no, I'm <just> exactly like <laughs> thinking. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder what sort of, yeah, how do you break into that industry? We'll never know. <sighs> Can you tell I'm unemployed? <laughs> I like the idea of somebody getting fired from the position of fluffer because they're too chatty. Oh, <laughs> I like the notion of that. Yeah. Uh, just, I uh, was always chatting about the weather, <laughs> about family things. Yeah. It's nice Distracting. to like, yeah, have a little convo before yeah, I get you, to know them a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm finding myself because like, I don't have a job and I'm loving it right now. Absolutely loving it. First time in my adult and teenager life that I have not had a job. Um, but it is not a sustainable life choice, of course. <laughs> But I keep finding myself like every time anyone mentions any profession, I'm like, hmm, can I see myself? <laughs> what? How could I see my? And I, it's even uh, weird, weird things that I'm like, no, I don't want to be a fluffer. I'm, I'd be really but you bad give at it, it. You give it the moment. You're like, should I yeah. at least think yeah. this through? Fly for a it up minutes? the flagpole. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> to speak. That's a uh, that's not my kind of flag. Sorry. <laughs> have you come across any uh, unusual occupations that have made you think, like, really think, "Oh, that's something worth considering"? Yes, but I don't think I, this is the most. Uh, there's nothing like all work is valid. I'm not. I'm not judging, but I'm just imagining what my mother would think. I'm like, what would Lorna say? But I was like, what about just being a dog walker? Because I love dogs and I love walking. That's a great idea. Like I, I routinely will get like 20 or 30,000 steps a day and I'm not trying to brag. I just know because of my dang Fitbit. But like if I'm walking already, I might as well have a purpose. All some dogs around. Yeah. I'm looking for a dog walker. What would scare me when you see people have like, you know, they got eight dogs on leash or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Is how to, like the dogs, what happens if there's a dog fight? Yeah. Yeah. You have uh, that to really, would terrify me. Like the emotional dynamics of the dogs. Like you have to be really careful about like introducing new dogs to the pack because you don't want to create drama. And that's, yeah. I And I'm also, I'm quite short. As you know, I'm five feet tall. So I'd like, there's quite a lot of dogs that I could, feel like would overpower me or if like you know there's a squirrel conference and then like right you know the 12 (laughs) huskies that i'm walking take off um this is just a dream i have (laughs) can i tell you this is one of the ways i know that like i've always considered i'm sure everybody thinks their dog is super smart but here's one of the things i I, one of the reasons i think oliver is smart when he was maybe a year old or something like that he saw a squirrel in the park and he was he looked took three steps after the squirrel and the squirrels are ridiculously fast. Mm -hmm. And so in the time that it took Oliver to take three steps, the squirrel was a quarter mile away and up (laughs) a tree and Oliver just stopped and looked at me and he was just like, Oh, those are things I can't catch. And to this day, (laughs) he's like a squirrel will walk right in front of him on the sidewalk and he doesn't pay it any. It's just like, Oh, that's one of those things that goes a thousand miles an hour. That's like realistic. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I'm not built to, I'm more of a puller. He's a, he's a he's a strong dog. He's not a fast dog. Upper but, body uh, strength. 
No he dogs. He's a strong dog. Yeah, I see dogs at the park, and they just look like idiots chasing after squirrels. <laughs> they don't come within a mile of it. And Oliver is just looking at them and looking at me like, look at these. How, how many, how, when are they going to learn? Yeah, I love Well, I'm that. not saying that Hank's not smart, but I have said on several occasions, every squirrel is the first squirrel he's ever seen. <laughs> like, he's just, his mind, his little mind gets blown every time. Except for this week, he started not chasing them if I told him not to. Nice. And gave him a treat. So, slowly but surely, I think Maturing. Hank is like, yeah, he's turning five soon. And uh, I was promised around four he would settle down. So, I think I may be seeing it he just- a little bit poked his head up behind you when you said his name. That was really cute. <laughs> He's nobody's fool. I was I was at the beach today. There was a very, very low tide um, today. I think maybe has something to do with the recent supermoon. Super yeah. It's a rainy um, day at the beach though, isn't it? It was, this a- it was pretty magical though. It wasn't too cold. It wasn't too windy. It was Were you like- filming a commercial for medicine? Yeah. It seems like it would be that kind of day. Walking <laughs> yeah. along the beach is drizzly rain. <laughs> Ask your doctor about Advan. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things, though, is they always say, do not take, you know, whatever it is, do not take Falabaflex if you are allergic to Falabaflex. <laughs> like, how else do I know? I guess we'll find out. I love how vague those have to be. Or there's just like a little animated circle, and you're like, it's as vague as possible. And you're like, am I the circle? Is it a weight loss thing? What is it? Um, but there was, there was quite a few dogs out there. And I saw one that thought it w- was going to catch a seagull, which was amazing. Cause like, you know, as soon as it heads towards it, it's in the sky. And Jay and I were just like watching these dogs being like, look at that asshole. Like he thinks he's going to catch a bird. Come on. I love it. And then he totally wiped out in a big puddle. And then we're like, look at this goof. But then he went back and did it again. And we're like, he's trying to pretend like he did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. He's saving face. Because yeah. there's social animals, they're pack animals. You don't want to lose your yeah. your standing in the group because of some stupid seagull decision you made. Yeah, I mean, we've all made stupid seagull decisions. Let's I've definitely it. come pretty close to catching a seagull, so that dog is very bad at <laughs> catching stuff. <laughs> um, Hank and I engaged in a crow versus squirrel war the other day. Oh, shit. Uh, you yeah. intervene? I intervened, of course. Like, I'm not that lady in the neighborhood. Um, I, I two crows were tormenting a young squirrel and I didn't, I just like not on my watch assholes, not (laughs) thinking of course, like they have wings. (laughs) I do not. So, uh, but um, Hank and I really gave them a lot of uh, flack and I think that the squirrel got away eventually, but Hank was just constantly barking for the excitement. He's like, I'm not (laughs) sure what we're doing here, but this is great. (laughs) I love this that you're into it too. (laughs) Just happy to be here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's got your back. Yeah, he uh, he d- dislikes crows as much as he dislikes squirrels. Yeah, Oliver will he will uh, like do a f- like a fake. You know how a grizzly will do like a fake rush. Yeah, yeah. he It'll does charge. that. At, he does that at squirrels or not squirrels at crows. Yeah, so does crows Hank. and ravens. He'll do like he <laughs> like three. You know, kind of pushing like jumping up and down at them, and they fly away. And then he's just he's such a cocky jerk for the rest of the walk. He's just, <laughs> did you see what I did? See me chase those birds. Hank knows that I'll secretly give a crow a treat. So if he sees me about to do that, he body checks me, barks at me, barks at the crow, body checks me again. And then I'll have to like trick him so I can throw like a treat behind me for the crow. (laughs) But if he catches me, he gets really mad. And I don't know what he understands about the interaction. He seems (laughs) to understand it exactly that I am feeding a crow and he does not want that. (laughs) 
<laughs> he will not brook that. This no. is, we're not like every other person in the world because we've always had relationships with crows and squirrels, but like they've become so much more a part of our lives in this past year and a half. Like, yes. really, totally. this is what we got going on. <laughs> yeah, squirrel time, crow time. Yeah, the wars, the like dynamics, the drama. Mm-hmm. Big thing yeah. crows are into recently is uh, finding a dead city rat and having a partial buffet on the backyard oh. of my building. And I have uh, had to pick up two so far and Ew. get rid of them. And I'm not good with that kind of stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, crows. Love them. Should we do a round of retail nightmares? Sure. Is that a good segue? Yeah. Dead rat segue. Dead rats. Mm-mm-mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, Brent, do you have a retail nightmare, a retail dream, or a retail experience you'd like to share with us this week? Speaking of dead rats. Now, wouldn't that be something <laughs> if I had, like, a, a re- dead rat story? Now... Stop me if I've told you this. Okay. Because my only real kind of retail experience, I think I talked about this a little bit when I was on this uh, program uh, (laughs) a while back. I was on this program and, uh, you know, I used to work at a grocery store, the OK Economy. I was like a stock boy, food clerk, you know, sacking groceries and stocking shelves. Sweet gig too, by the way. Union gig, Mm. fat bank. And I'm living at home. It's just me and mom. And I have no bills, really. <laughs> I had an eighty dollar a month car payment, and oh. I get I would get paid every two weeks, so forty dollars would go to the car. And then I was like a mob boss. I had my top drawer at home <laughs> was just cash. I was like Tony Whoa. Soprano. <laughs> I couldn't spend it fast enough. So anyway, so this was a sweet sweet gig, the uh, the OK economy. But there was uh, one time when. I was, uh, you know, I fancied myself a wise guy, like a fun, like a funny kid. Yeah, <laughs> I was of course. The, I'm sure funny, you were. One of my funny friends. So anyway, <laughs> I was working at the OK Economy there, and this guy comes in one time, and it's a grocery store, right? And he comes up to me and he says, do you know where the firewood is? <laughs> the firewood this guy's asking for. So I said to him, oh, I, I'm sorry. I think you have us confused with the OK Corral. <laughs> this, is the, this is the OK Economy. We don't have firewood. So he wanders off and I go back to the stock room with the other guys. And I go, this is bonehead comes in looking for firewood. And they're like, did, did you show him where it is? <laughs> I'm like, what? And they're like, we've been advertising all week. We were oh. selling firewood all this week. Oh no, Brent. And I had no idea. So I was like the total, like just unnecessarily snarky <laughs> to this guy, you know. For sure. So funny. I that wouldn't think, though, there. that, like, uh, there would have firewood, so that's interesting. But I guess, it, like, they sell trees at Christmas time, probably. Why not? Like, a, lot, a cord of wood? Yeah, somebody probably just came, you know, somebody chopped a bunch of, bunch of wood, came down, sold it to the manager, Gary, sold him on the idea. Gary, listen, I got all this wood. You know, that's <laughs> how it works in a local store. He's like, we will fluff it for you. <laughs> <laughs> how fluffy was this wood? <laughs> I, yeah, because, like... When I think of where to get firewood, I would say like gas station. I feel like yeah. there's usually yeah. like a stack there. You don't think you don't think grocery store. No, no. but I mean this is uh this would be different if it's like a small small town prairie grocery hey, store. Th- this was the hub of the Carrot River Valley. Tis, <laughs> Sorry, Tisdale, I don't, Saskatchewan I don't. Is the, the hub of the Carrot River Valley. Just to go back to one of my favorite um retail nightmares is somebody who worked in grocery because that's like such a different world. We've had yeah. So many funny stories from, was it Ivan that fell asleep in the chip loft? There was a chip loft that was Ivan's and yeah, he would take his naps up there and like eat 
pockets full of candy and the like <laughs> a bed of fluffy bags of chips. Like that's why when you buy your chips, you're like, why are these all broken? <laughs> Ivan was sleeping. Ivan on them. Decker. Why are these shaped like Ivan's shoulder blade? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teenage. Yeah, and there boy. seems to be like this different rule of law between the unionized workers and grocery stores versus the rest of the working world. And lots of like weird things that happen. And yeah, it's fascinating. Jessica's dad was a lifer at grocery stores and it just seems like a whole different world. Yeah. He worked for over 40 years uh, for a a grocery store. And because he was unionized, he had all these like, I think they called it like PTO, like paid time off. Like each week that he worked, he would like get so many hours of vacation on top of his normal vacation so by the end of 40 years i think he had like 12 weeks paid vacation and it was just (laughs) ridiculous and everyone else you know who started after him like all the younger people were just like furious at the (laughs) the lifers because they had such a sweet deal and even the union was like we can't maintain this like no one's gonna go for this (laughs) like it's not sustainable our union reps cracked me up too because it was my first experience with anything union right and the first i've been working there a couple months and then they said well to uh to tonight it's a union meeting union reps are in town we're gonna have a meeting and they got a like a room at a local hotel motel you know so we go and we meet our local union reps and they just they just looked to me like killers they were just thugs (laughs) all tattooed up wearing like uncomfortably wearing a shirt with a tie like they put it on (laughs) because they were supposed to but they just seemed like they couldn't wait for this meeting to be over so they could lose the tie get on their bikes go kill somebody (laughs) they just seemed like total thugs to me and this is what you're talking about it's like a whole different world it's magical And they're like, anybody giving you a hard time at work? (laughs) No, no, it's all good. This guy that's asking for wood. (laughs) (laughs) Go kill that guy. Amazing. Yeah, it's kind of like the Wild West for sure. Um, Just growing up hearing all the stories about it, I was like, I I knew that I did not want to go into, but I didn't want to make it the family business because my grandfather also, who might come up later, uh, mm. also worked in the grocery industry and I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be an architect. Totally to build To build those stores. Yeah, grocery store, grocery store designer. That's Yeah. I, uh, when I was a little kid, one of the jobs that I thought, like one of the real, like I wanted to do, I wanted to be a comedian and I wanted to play in the NHL. Those were kind of like my two dream things. I also wanted to draw comic books. And I knew pretty early on I wasn't going to play in the NHL. I knew like I didn't have that kind of, you need a certain inherent skill set and I didn't have it. And I didn't have the drive to be the best. Go- like I was fine letting in eight goals. and <laughs> be like, oh, well, what are you going to do, right? So I didn't have that. Uh, like losing was always an option with me. It was, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, can relate absolute, to this. <laughs> it was a, more like a probability than an option. <laughs> But anyway, so the two things, you know, my dream of dreams is to be a stand-up, but the notion of drawing for a comic book, I had some capacity in that regard, and I kind of did some research and stuff like that. But the only kind of, you know, Joe job, or not Joe job, but like real job job that I thought would be super cool was from watching TV, watching Bewitched. And um, (laughs) Darren Stevens was like worked in the advertising business. He came up with ads and like fun, like great sales ideas. And, and he had the nice house and a groovy station wagon. And it was all from coming up with great TV ad ideas. I thought, man, that would be a sweet gig. I dreamed of doing that. Yeah. 
Yeah. All, all from Bewitched. And you could have married a witch, too. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie that was kind of loosely based on? There's a great movie called Bell, Book, and Candle. Bell, Book, and Candle, yeah. Yeah, it's that's like kind of what Bewitched is made of. It's like a Christmas movie that uh, it's set during Christmas. I love that movie so much. I, yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's great. Uh, Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon plays. Yeah, Jack Lemon's it. Is like a warlock who's into jazz. <laughs> and Ernie Kovacs. Who you don't see, like he died pretty young in a car accident, Ernie Mm Kovacs, just as he was kind of starting to skyrocket to fame. Great cast. I love that movie. Yeah. I've I've never heard of it. It sounds very fun. I've made my family watch that at Christmas several times because it's set like (laughs) in and around like the time between Christmas and New Year's, I think. And it's one of those movies that's great where it's like. This guy's with uh, a woman. He's like in love with her. He's engaged to her. And then this uh, this other woman, spoiler alert, is like, I want this guy. I'm going to use witchcraft to get him. And he's like, okay, bye, other lady. And it's just like, <laughs> we're all on board with this. Okay, sure. Yeah. This lady's cooler. She's got a cool cat. Plus, she's Kim Novak, isn't she? Yeah. And she's got amazing eyebrows in that movie. Like, whew. And Jimmy Stewart is the dude. Yeah, and he's an amazing cast. He's like a sounds great. He's sort of like oblivious to all of it as he was so good at being like. Yeah, he plays that so good. He's like outraged, kind of, but he doesn't get what's happening. You know, I don't don't think uh, what's hey. And then he's just silenced by like being kissed by a beautiful woman. He's like, well, okay, like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. As a kid, one of my favorite movies was Harvey, which is like him and a. invisible like yeah rabbit the puka eight foot tall rabbit and the whole thing is like is is he imagining it is it real or what's going on that's one of those movies that i cannot watch enough like i could there are very few movies i could do back to back i think i could watch harvey back to back back to back yeah because his character in that too elwood p dad like you know invisible rabbit aside (laughs) just that character of elwood p dowd He's like the guy you, you should build your life. Like, you should just be like, I want to, what would Elwood P. Dowd do? That's true, right? yeah. If somebody's hungry, he's like, well, why don't you come over to the house for dinner? Here's my car. This <laughs> yeah. is where we live. And it drives his family crazy. And he's like, well, do you need a few dollars? What do you? And he's always got time for everybody. He's yeah. like the nicest human in the world. And that's one of the reasons that make people think he's not wired upright, because he's too yeah, nice he's so and too good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should rewatch that. I feel like I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Harvey. It was a play initially. Yeah. And in the play, the the Harvey is a six foot tall rabbit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but when Jimmy Stewart cast to play it, it was Jimmy who said, I'm six foot four, so it doesn't make sense. <laughs> he needs to look I'm up. supposed to be looking up at this rabbit. We need to make him a taller, taller rabbit. Mm-hmm. So they changed him to eight feet tall. Yeah. Wow. I haven't thought of that movie in such a long time. You two should have a movie podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. This has inadvertently been another uh <laughs> Jessica's Movie Corner. Jessica's got some movies to share. I love it. Those sound like really great movies. I've, I know I've seen Harvey, but I haven't seen the other one. Bell Book and Candle. Yeah, that one's, yeah. It's, uh, it's probably on like, they'll probably put it on the Criterion channel or whatever at Christmas because it's one of those like good, but not super, it's like kind of as obscure, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's not as well known as like, it's weird how some movies are like that. Like, have you ever seen quick change? Bill Murray movie, Bill Murray, Gina yes, Davis. We talked about it on Jason the podcast. Robards. Fantastic yes. movie. And it did no business. Tony it just Shalhoub. got marketed poorly. Yeah. Uh, something. That's such a good movie. 
We talked about that on the Luigi Ratch uh, episode of this podcast, I believe, because that's <laughs> his favorite movie. Uh, and he, he gets all his friends to watch it and some of them just hate it. Like it's How could you hate it? Something. I would abandon those friends. I would be like, yeah. I've been wrong all these years about you. I feel like the jousting scene alone is worth that movie. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and the, the woman selling the uh, flores por la muertes. <laughs> just in this spooky alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love all those movies where it's just like, I really like the movie um, After Hours, where it's just like, you know, set in New York and it's just like all these weird characters coming out of nowhere and you're just like, things can't get any weirder. After hours, is that like where the woman drops on the hood of the guy's car and it's, it's suddenly it's a hell of an adventure? Is that the, what it is? Does, um, he's like, sorry, Alicia, this is probably like torturous. I'm uh, going off on all these movies that you may or may not have seen. Um, it's like Griffin, Griffin Dunn, Griffin Dune. And it's like he goes across town to meet a woman and he only has $20 and it flies out the cab window. And then he, so he's like <sighs> stuck and he's just has to get home and he. He's just meeting these weird characters and it's like you keep thinking like it couldn't get any worse and then it always gets worse. And like Cheech and Chong show up. It's uh, Martin <laughs> oh, Scorsese. Yeah. Just, just when you think it can't get worse. They keep uh, breaking into apartments and robbing them and then he gets blamed for breaking into these apartments. It's great. And it's got like, uh, oh, what's her name? Terry. Oh, She's I can blonde. see her. Yeah. Anyway, great movie. Everyone check. I have a tattoo from that movie. Which is very dorky. I have no tattoos. I was Not doing, too late. I've been doing a, a bit in my stand-up act that's actually getting good laughs. You want me to run it by you here? Because it's yeah. about the, the notion is, and it's based on a true thing. I was watching um, some mixed martial arts. You know, these Ooh. guys like Terry UFC Gar. type Sorry. thing. Terry Gar. Yes, thank you. Sorry, I was going to say Terry Gar because that's yeah, the only Terry I, I could say think Gar, of. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're not good at this. I, I love can't her. Think of any other Terry. Love Terry. So Gar. funny. But anyway, so I was watching this mixed martial arts, you know, and there's two guys get into the ring to fight. And the announcer, um, he's describing the fighters. And he says, this guy's 28 years old. He's from Denver, Colorado. And he has no tattoos. <laughs> he said it like he's never seen a bird. He said it like it was the craziest thing. He's never tasted tap water. This guy has no something. But just that notion of. Oh my God, it's a cage fighter and he doesn't have any tattoos. That is kind of, yeah, I got, I mean, I got a tattoo two days ago uh, and Jay came to, to meet me after I was done and there was no one else in the tattoo shop. So just like the tattoo artist and Jay and I were talking and, you know, it came up that Jay has no tattoos and the tattoo artist is like, oh, that's actually cool now. Like that's cool is <laughs> having no tattoos because like so many people have you know, they're covered and it's actually like kind of more rare to have none. So yeah, hold on to that. Brent. I just feel like there's nothing I believe in enough. That's what I always said. There's nothing. It, I'm what not against the idea. <laughs> Even that, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't believe enough in Spider-Man. Oh, I don't, whoa. you know, I enjoy Spider-Man. Uh, I, for a while had a Spider-Man ringtone. From like oh, the 60s TV that's show. That's a great commitment yeah. to your um, love. Yeah. You see, that's, but that's since changed. I had that for about two months and it started to get annoying to me. <laughs> and I know. I had Rihanna, tattoo. rude boy. Oh. For quite a while. But then my dad called and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> but the cool, like the thing about the Spider-Man, like I didn't have the Spider-Man theme song as my mm -hmm. uh, ringtone. Just from an episode of the old 60s cartoon, there was this, 
when it when he was swinging around at night and there wasn't any high action, there was this. So I recorded that, uh, just like off the YouTube or something, and converted yeah. it, and then it was uh, that was my ringtone. I remember like when when like smartphones came out and that was like a big deal. You'd like make your custom ringtone and you'd like get the song and you put it into iTunes and you'd set like the in and out points and like figure it all out. Now I'm like, if my ringer is on and I hear <laughs> it, I will lose my mind. Like <laughs> shut that off. I don't want to hear it. I turn off all my notifications. Like I will listen to a message later. My phone rang and it scared the hell out of me. Like it, cause it, it never happens. And, um, I forgot that I have, I, I got this, uh, it's basically a 90s office phone is the sound oh. of my thing. <laughs> so it was the damnedest thing. It was not only was it like my phone going off, but it was like also kind of, I forgot that was my ringtone because I never hear my phone ring. <laughs> and it was out of time and out of place. It was a real jarring moment for a couple yeah. of seconds before going, oh hell, my ringer's on. It's disorienting. Whenever I forget my notifications on and I get a, like a notification or the phone rings, Hank barks. He's like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? He's like, okay, high alert. Something's wrong. Here, I'll play it for you. My. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stresses me out just to hear it. Yeah, that's like doctor's office. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1994. How can I help you? <laughs> Did you hear? Kurt Cobain just died. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's all I know about 1994. Um, I wrote a novel that start, it takes place in 1994. Ooh, the only oh. novel I've ever written. Do they just listen to grunge nonstop? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a reference. I, I make a reference to it because it's about stand-ups uh, on the road, and it's kind of a psychological thriller, I'm hoping, oh. because these two comedians realize that the other comic, their opening act, who's a very large guy is becomes clear that he has a tremendous capacity for violence and he's emotionally very volatile. And they're in the middle of this, you know, rural run across the country with this very dangerous individual who's way too keen to be a comedian, you know? So it's a, oh. it's it sounds so good. Yeah. I'm like, I'm intrigued. But yeah, yeah the guy, well, the main character is what, like noticing that, Comedy audiences are dying off. They're not coming out the way they used to. And he thinks maybe they're into grunge, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone was. It could be it. Yeah. I love it's it. True. I'm just in revisions on my book trying to get and, and then, but I have publishers waiting to read it. That's so that's great. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. Publishers standing by to hate it. <laughs> uh, who wouldn't want to read your book and publish it? That's what I say. Yeah. Well, they all they all wanted me to write like a funny, you know, hey, my favorite hot dogs across Canada kind of. Uh, oh yeah, I'll that's write the type that. of book that they wanted. <laughs> you have and to. I was like, you have I'm to. in on that. You set you set them up. Give them my email. <laughs> yeah, Alicia will write the blurb at the beginning. Me like as a lifelong hot dog lover. <laughs> this is like, everything no. to me. <laughs> It's a really like you just do so much. I don't know where you find the time. Yeah. Um, but having, impressive. you know, yeah, you're a great writer. So I'm looking forward to it and so imaginative. Yeah. And yeah, I look forward to my owning a copy and buying one from my brother and my father who are obsessed with you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's salty language. There's salty language. That's in it, great. That's, that's perfect. A couple of greasy comics traveling across the country. There's going to be language. Yeah. Um, I never did like any sort of touring and I only did a couple of road trips to shows with like Erica Sigurdsson or Katie Ellen Humphreys or Jane Stanton. But there was one trip where one of the comics was in a really rough place 
And it was kind of scary. And I was like, I'm not, <laughs> don't really want to be on the Coca-Cola <laughs> with this person. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was trying to get at in the, in the book. It's, you know, you meet up with somebody that you don't know. And they're like, yeah, you're going to spend 11 days with this person on the road, just the two of you. And, you know, sometimes you got to just leave the town after the gig and drive to get to the next town. Mm -hmm. And you're in, you know, you're driving across Alberta or Saskatchewan or Manitoba or something. And it's just, you're in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, day two, day three, you're starting to really question this guy's willingness to just pull over in the ditch and murder you. <laughs> and uh, you're like, uh, so I got that to deal with in the trip. But there are like a couple of like comedians, like old road dogs that I know of that I wouldn't want to be around them for more than, you know, the half an hour in the back room at a comedy club, which was more than enough, uh, like being yeah. in a stuck in a car with them for 11 days. Well, and also like no it's way. so dependent on how the shows are going too. like if you if you have a bad set. If you know, if you're no a, comedians don't mind if they, they <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. But you know, like <laughs> if you bomb somewhere, it's like you're poof, you don't want to be in that dark under that dark cloud. Yeah, I mean that was one of the the best things about like when when Corner Gas came along and I was uh, it kind of put me into like I was doing a better quality of show and it was like you know theater tours and stuff like that and it's just you can choose who you're traveling with. And that was the that was the best thing about it. It was yeah. like, oh, I could just pick somebody that I enjoy being around for yeah. a few days. Excellent, and that's what it yeah, came it. came down to. Is just like, who are the low drama people I know in my life? Yeah. Who are funny and also have a capacity to roll with things and not freak out? That's so. <laughs> that's so true. That's such an important thing because you can have like there can be people who you respect and you you know they're good people, but like there's some people who just like they crave the drama and and they like yeah. they seek it out and they like they need it because they feed off of it and they love it and it's like that is not what I want. <laughs> yeah, and they elevate every wrinkle into like a giant thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you're just like oh, like they have exhausting. a fit because there's no one percent milk at the coffee place in Lethbridge, Alberta. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> could you just roll with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You treat yourself to some homogenized 3.2 font. <laughs> yeah. That stuff what is the, delicious. <laughs> it's like ice cream. It's so good. As soon as I got out of the house, it broke free of my mother's grasp. It was full fat milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jessica, do you have a retail nightmare? I don't have a retail nightmare. I mm. have a vaccine dream. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds great. <laughs> Um, and that's just that Jay and I got vaccinated a week ago, which was uh, great. And I'm very happy for that because I thought I was uh, going to have to wait longer to get it. But uh, in a little twist of events, we booked our vaccines. Jay's, uh, he's 42 and I'm 34 uh, right now, turning 35. Oh, sorry, Hank. Hank does not, he thinks that's a too great does, of an age difference. does not approve. <laughs> he hates um, numbers. He Sorry. hates the golden retriever next door. That's what's happening. Uh, um, but so like Jay was, you know, invited to book his appointment earlier than I. So he did that. But we both booked out at UBC and uh, at the it was at like the pharmaceutical sciences building out at UBC. So we were, that was kind of fun to get to go out there to our old alma mater, alma mater. I don't know. Latin. I didn't get a great education there. <laughs> this is not a resounding endorsement for the school. <laughs> I mean, UBC's 
fine. I don't know. I don't really know if you, if you need it. Um, but, uh, I did it to make my mom happy. Um, but so we were there and I didn't know that this was a thing because I guess I'm kind of ignorant of what's going on, trying to like avoid a lot of the news. But uh, I guess like uh, furloughed WestJet employees were the ones who were handling all the um, all the administrative stuff at the vaccine oh. center. So we got there and I wasn't even sure if you're allowed to bring a person with you, but I was like, I'm just here for moral support. And they were like, I was like, is that okay? Is there enough space? And they were like, that's great. In fact, we like, we encourage it. And so I was immediately like put at ease and all the people were very chatty and, you know, like in the way that flight attendants and people who work in airports <laughs> are just like constantly making small talk and they're, you know, they're good at staying positive and keeping things light. Get you fired from being a fluffer. That kind of trick. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Furloughed. That's a, a, a good alternative career to pivot to. But um, so, yeah, when we sat down and we're signing in, they were like, and have you had yours yet? And I was like, nope, but I'm coming back here. And they're like, when he goes up, like talk to the nurse and see if we've had any no shows today and see if we can change it. Cause they're like that way you don't have to come back out here. And I was like, I never ever would have imagined that that's, that was possible. So yeah, we got to do it right back to back and uh, it was kind of magical. So I love all those. I'm like, I've never had any sort of preference for airlines before, but I think <laughs> I might be in love with everyone who works at WestJet now. So um, yeah, it was a, a dream come true. Not sponsorship strictly. deal here. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, take to the skies. It's time. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, not strictly retail, but it was a bit of a transaction. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of customer servicey. And I know that this was uh, an unusual situation. I know that that's not um, happening all the time. Um, but, you know, they, they do say, like, if you're experiencing symptoms, don't come to your appointment. So there must be no shows. But they were like, you know, don't tell everyone we've got extra and come down. So it's like it is. uh yeah, I was very lucky. I'll just talk about it on my podcast. Is that okay? Yeah. Sure. What the heck? Yeah. Go down to the pharmaceutical sciences building. Um, <laughs> they Jessica sent you. Yeah. But it was it was great. I mean, I think everyone's eligible to book now in, in BC. And a ton of my friends, uh, like my age people and slightly younger, are uh, are getting it last week it's and an, this week. It's kind of an amazing feeling. Like the participating in... Or being the beneficiary of this amazing scientific thing that got yeah. that got done in so response quickly. to this historical pandemic, this terrible situation, and science like stepped up and did this miraculous thing, and then you're getting your shot, and you can't help but feel part of this kind of crazy science miracle. Yeah, and the and wonder yeah. of it. And Nancy and I were both, you know, it really kind of hit us. Yeah, yeah it's a really emotional experience. It's very cool. And uh, the the doctor who gave me my shot was like, he he was a doctor from VGH, uh, but I think like maybe like a week away from retirement. He was like <laughs> quite, quite older and he was, he was delightful. And uh, I asked him like, how many, how many of these have you done today? And he was just like, one every five minutes. I don't know. I can't keep track. Like it's a lot. And I was like, well, thank you. Like it's, I, I appreciate it. Like it's, it's great. Yeah, I had, I don't know. I guess not a lot of people have that response to them because the nurse that I got that gave me the shot, she recognized me like not cause I had my mask on, but when I handed the 
card. Mm-hmm. She looks at it and then she looks at me and she said, are you the brand bot? <laughs> and I, I said, I'm the only one that I know. And then she said, well, aren't I lucky? And I said, well, I'm the lucky one. I get the benefit from this uh, miracle of science. Yeah. And then she put her hands on him and she said, I wish everybody thought like that. It would make Aww. the day go a lot smoother. I bet, yeah. People yeah. have kind of lost that touch where you kind of can, can connect with people and talk to people and have that sort of I don't know. I think expressing gratitude in that that environment. Like I got mine a little bit earlier and we were like lined up around the block of this weird fishing museum on the east side. (laughs) (laughs) No one knew what was happening. We didn't have a ton of information about the vaccine. We just had an opportunity to get it early. And like we were all nervous and kind of scared and excited and didn't have any context for what was about to happen. And then we get into like a sort of almost gymnasium style room. It's not very big. And there's a couple of hundred people in there uh, getting vaccinated. And like people are just crying because they're so excited and so grateful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it was a very overwhelming experience and yeah. very like very sweet. Yeah. Kind of we're all, one of those we're all in it together. You needed some moments. WestJet employees. To- yeah. And like the people were lovely. Moist towelette. <laughs> they were also playing, um, they were very, very faintly, they were playing like, you know, a playlist of music, sort of like n- not in the like vaccination area proper, but in the sort of like queuing area. And we could just like faintly make out like the nine inch of, nails. I want to feel like an animal. <laughs> I wish it was closer. Um, it, we could make out like the bass and drums. And Jay was like, is this new order? And I was like, oh. it is. And then afterwards, there was like another 80s sort of like dance hit. And Jay was like, they're playing music for 40 year olds because that was like the the age group that was eligible there. And most of the people around us were like around that age. And I was like, well, I feel as an honorary 40 year old, I feel welcome. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm here with a 40 year old. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) finally, I'm cool. It's it's finally I'm cashing in on uh, marrying someone who's (laughs) in his 40s. I mean, he wasn't in his 40s. Anyway, it's normal. (laughs) My parents, there was a 16 year age difference between my dad and mom. Um, And that was my running gag. I would say to dad. So dad, when mom was born, did you drive down to the hospital and pick her up? (laughs) Oh my God. Rude. They must have loved that. They're like, I think you're a comedian, eh? (laughs) He got a kick out of it. Mother, mom didn't think it was. Yeah. Don't be stupid. I always thought my parents had a 12 year age difference. But then I learned, I don't know, I was probably like 14 or 15. I learned that my mother had been lying to me about her age my whole childhood. So they were actually only an eight year age difference. And I was adorable. Never going (laughs) to trust you. Anything you say ever again. (laughs) My mom lied about her age, too. It's just like a thing. Is it still or was it like from a time gone by? I feel like it's a time gone by. Yeah, like you, you would see it in movies and TV shows from the 70s mm-hmm. or 60s. Yeah. People talk about that and the whole... I'm 29 again. Like, yeah. I know two people who who lie about their age. And I think it's because they're like in entertainment. And it's like, oh. you know, if you're like going out for, for a role and you're, you know, you're that much older than the character you're playing. Because some people like also, I feel like a lot of actors are you know they're working out all the time they're getting all the face treatments and stuff and like they look younger than they are so if they can pull it off like i don't know yeah it's nobody's business especially if it affects your ability to get work 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's discrimination. Go for it. Yeah. Do you guys want to hear my retail nightmare? No, thank you. <laughs> okay, we'll go Bye. right into the segment. Um, so I went to Home Depot five times last week. No. And every time was a, was a pleasure. The paint, people that run the paint department are so informed. They've given me such great advice. I think over the past week, I've gone from a terrible painter to an, an acceptable painter. Nice. Um, but I went in on Sunday, I think Saturday, actually Saturday, just to, add, to get some more painting supplies and to ask a question because uh, the technique where you edge the room first uh, is really important. And I wasn't that good at it. And you have to like feather and do all these things. I watch all the videos, but it kind of yeah. kept fucking it up when I did my bedroom last year. So I thought, well, maybe there's like some sort of fancy brush that will do it for me. And uh, I see this wall of brushes. I don't know what they do. I know that I have probably what I need. But I want to ask, but I don't know how to ask the question. And it's kind of busy. So I wait and wait. And then there's this kind of dour man that works there that I really like. Like, he's very, like, straightforward, no bullshit. And he just seems exhausted by everybody. And he's like, my, that's my favorite personality. Um, <laughs> and, and then there's a younger person that helped me the other day with something else. And she's, like, completely different energy. So it's a good combination. Bubbly and dour. And so I decide to ask, but I don't know how to ask. So I say, I have a question. Um, like it's, it's like a lazy person question, which I am not, but I don't, I want to like approach it. Like it's instead of saying something like insensitive, like I'm dumb or I'm an idiot. <laughs> Can you tell me what I should do? Um, and so it breaks the ice. And then I said, is there any way that I can get around doing that step of the painting? Or is there any paintbrush that would do it for me? And, uh, but I'm making it kind of funny. And then this guy who's not working there starts laughing at me because <laughs> he's like, look at this fucking idiot. And I, I made fun of him and that was great. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, you're not allowed to make fun of me. Uh, and then they told me there's absolutely no way to get around it. Then I bought a paintbrush that I didn't need that didn't work. And it was just great. I just love, I love, I love it there. I love buying paint stuff <laughs> and they're just so nice. They're so nice and so professional and they work so hard. So just get a paintball gun and just like get really good at target practice. Yeah. yeah. That's another idea. I'm full of great ideas. Thanks, My Jess. neighborhood, I had, I had a, this, this is a roller coaster, an emotional roller coaster of a story. Oh. My, I used to like to go to, for years and years and years, my go-to hardware place was, it was a home hardware, as it was called Gandhi's Home Hardware. It was on West 4th. And it was a little hole in the wall place. But it was kind of one of those places that had everything you need. And, you know, they were knowledgeable and all that kind of stuff. And I loved going there. It had a real mom and pop feel to it. And then I wasn't around there for a while. And one time I went down, I was going to go to the grocery store. And it's across the street from the grocery store. So I thought, I'm going to pick up whatever it was, a light bulb or something. I go, oh, I'm going to Gandhi's. I haven't been there in a while. It's closed. <gasps> Shut down. No. I'm, I'm heartbroken, right? And I am approaching the store and I'm like all bummed. And I see a sign in the window. They've moved to Broadway to a bigger location. So they're closer to me now oh, than nice. they were at the fourth. And I went there and it's like, it's, it's a bigger space. All the same faces though, all the same people that work there. And they all seem really happy in this new place. And the, it was like the best. So it was such a roller coaster. I was all <sighs> heartbroken. And then what? That's great. <laughs> There is, isn't there still a home hardware on Fourth Avenue, like by the grocery store, though? No. But it's Have like you they, been, when when were you there? 
Because like, this was like two weeks ago. They oh, moved this was from two West weeks Forth ago. Okay, to, yeah. I thought this was an older story. Okay, okay. That's the one that's moved. Okay. I yeah. was like... Don't challenge the guest. I know that store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that store. <laughs> yeah, so it's they, shut down. Okay. Now wow. it's on Broadway and like, you know, kind of Broadway Bayswater type of thing. Oh. Okay. That's good to know because I might have gone there looking for a light bulb or something. Yeah, I think the last time I went there was like the last time I attempted to grow succulents. And I was like, what's the difference between this succulent soil and this one? Like this one's double the price. Like, is it really better? And they were just like, just buy what you want. And they're right, because <laughs> I was going to kill the succulents either way. And I did. <laughs> they're all dying. Yeah. Nancy's very jazzed because she normally kills whatever plant. She'll try once a year to plant things and then they die. She's, and her family makes fun of her about it. And this year, everything is coming up swimmingly. Knock on wood, I hate to jinx it, but she's got, she put these planters and baskets and there's herbs and I don't know what, all kinds of flowers and plants and everything. And they're all getting lush and blooming and blossoming. Yeah, it's quite exciting. Probably because like we don't have other things to distract us from them. Like, and it's like she can give them the like, the the attention, the TLC that they need. I'm happy for her. I've just given up. (laughs) I've fully given up. (laughs) Going to try and keep the ones that I have alive, but I've really been neglecting them. <laughs> I always buy the easiest possible plants. So I know that like the chance of fucking it up are kind of low. Yeah, that's what I've been yeah. stuck with too. Yeah. But there are plants there at your house yeah, that look, look good. Are they, they alive great. or are they like dead? Yeah. Like I have a big old plastic fern in my office at home. And it looks terrific, but it's fake as all get out. <laughs> yeah, all of these are real. They're all happy. Yeah, but they're all also really low maintenance. So, yeah. But we both, we both live on the ground floor, so we have to. We can't be growing giant palm trees, sadly, because I would love to live in like a jungle of greenery. But it's just not mm-hmm. going to happen. So I kind of have that going on where I live, but I have nothing to do with it. We just had stuff planted, you know, when we built this house. And so our our yard is kind of like a courtyard and there's trees around it. And it's very nice and private and secluded. And it's lush and green and wild and, you know. That's a dream. And I enjoy it. But I have, if it was up to me to take care of it, it would, you know, we, <laughs> we would have a concrete backyard painted green. <laughs> <laughs> well, AstroTurf is like weirdly... Popular again? Yeah. It's a lot of this these fake lawns outside. When Hank was a puppy, he was so delighted by them. He would get the zoomies on them. (laughs) Uh, He just thought it was so funny that he'd go from like soft grass to touching like plastic with his feet. They must also (laughs) smell so so weird too. Yeah, I don't think that dogs go to the bathroom on them. Like I don't think they do. They really do. Yeah, Hank has never. There's some like down on like Richards downtown. Oh well, yeah. There's nowhere else, I guess, for them to go down there though. The first time I went down, like I walked downtown to our record label office for the first time after like you know not going downtown for like months and months. And it was at the stage of the pandemic where everyone was just like, who fucking cares anymore? Like, what's the point? Like, I'm just giving up. And you could tell because no one was picking up any dog poo and it was a nightmare. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, that's terrible. Well, that's a good segue into our first segment. Dog poo nightmares. <laughs> dog poo nightmares. Uh, <laughs> grandfather react. Oh, yeah. Speaking yeah. of uh, nightmares. Grandfather, 
So we've done this segment before. If you're new to listening, this is a segment in which I share an image of my grandfather next to another person and the guest uh, just uh, experiences it. Alicia's seen it (laughs) a million times. Uh, I'm just going to preface this by saying, Brent, like, don't feel uh, like you need to be nice. Don't feel like you need to uh, be polite because this man uh, was not the nicest guy. And he's also long dead. And I won't be offended by anything you have to say. (laughs) So here we go. Let's take a gander. (laughs) Holy Lord. Yeah, (laughs) that is very unnerving. Where, at what point, like who put this together, first of all? Did you make I, this? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> side yeah, by well, side. I, did, did it hit you like a ton of bricks one day? I think so, yeah. I think I was, well, I knew that he was kind of a scary looking grandpa. Um, <laughs> and he he would delight in. I knew that he killed kids quite often yeah. as they slept. So I knew he would show up in my dreams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that he delighted in scaring children, <laughs> like for real. Actually, <laughs> like when I would go and visit him, he'd pretend to be asleep. So we'd go up really close, and then he'd be like, Bleh! and <laughs> you know, he'd have his teeth out, and it would be scary. Um, Did he ever talk about wanting to kill Johnny Depp? <laughs> Did he seem to have a bee in his bonnet about killing Johnny Depp? I mean, this was this these two images are probably around the same time because this is from the eighties. So when was uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street? Like early eighties? Yeah, where Johnny 80, Depp gets sucked into the sucked into the mattress into and chewed the bed, up. Yeah, in his little crop top. What was uh, this fellow's name? Your grandpa? Henry. <laughs> Henri, um, yeah, used to own a, a general store in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan back in the day. Miles stomping grounds. Yeah. <laughs> Closest McDonald's to my hometown, Prince Albert. He probably left long before then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is my father's father. So this was like the, the first generation grocer. And then does your father walk around wearing like a, a, a goalie mask? Is this a thing that runs in the family? Yeah. My dad looked like Jason. Um, and then they just, they hated each other. Always fighting. It was just a constant Freddy versus Jason. They went into space, brought him back to life. It was just a nightmare. Um, yeah. Thankfully, uh, no one else in the family looked as scary as him. So were you scared of him as a child? Yes. Oh, yes. 100%. Like not when he was like, uh, going out of his way to scary, but were you, was he somebody like you gave a wide berth to? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like that's normal for for little kids to be because I didn't when see they him. have a terrifying grandfather. Yeah, and like I, you know, and he would be like laughing and scary. <laughs> um, you know, I loved all my other grandparents a lot, but like, yeah, when there's that much of an age range too between like a toddler and someone you know in their 80s 90s like it's it is a bit unnerving and i think that's natural anyway i'm gonna stop sharing it now so we don't have to keep looking <laughs> it is yeah, i mean it is what it's fascinating though it's the sort of thing that like uh you could show <laughs> to like a first year art history class in university and they'd be like that's your exam write an essay on this <laughs> compare and contrast yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think if uh, anybody in my family looks like any scary movie people or like just movie people in general. notorious murderer? I always kind of thought that my parents and kind of my just growing up, 
I don't know if you ever saw any of the old Ma and Pa Kettle movies from the, like the 30s and 40s. From the okay. 40s, really. I haven't- Ma and Pa Kettle. To me, uh, and I told mom this and she was outraged and insulted like crazy. But there was a ton of kids and Ma and Pa Kettle didn't have a lot of money. And Ma Kettle was like real no nonsense, kind of like she ran the house. And uh, Pa Kettle was much more easygoing. And my, my dad was a very easygoing guy. And there was just these similarities. And so I remember saying to mom, when we're watching Ma and Pa Kettle, and I was like, that's how we grow up. Like, that just looks like, she's like, what? <laughs> she's all insulted. <laughs> that's the closest to, to that's, that's the closest to Hollywood royalty we get. Yeah. There's like certain people who like later in life I've been watching and I've been like, oh, this actor looks like my mom. Like, like the mom from Gremlins looks like my mom. But like in the 80s, they look the same. Like she doesn't still look like that. And then my dad was always like, people thought he looked like Sylvester Stallone and they'd like ask him for his autograph and stuff. But it was only like a brief window in the 80s as well when like first blood era. You know, another thing that, that uh, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive if your uh, dad looked like that. But <laughs> like, I, I always thought that my dad looked like Gene Kelly. And then my oh. dad was a dancer and oh. he was built similarly to... Uh, Gene Kelly and I thought that facially there was a, a lot and I remember saying that to mom one time and she was like what he does not that's terrible <laughs> and I was like why would you be like Gene Kelly's kind of a dreamboat he's like a yeah. Hollywood movie star you'd dreamboat. want to look like Gene Kelly yeah and she was like but in my but uh, what I realized is that from talking to her that mom just thought dad was a lot better looking than Gene ah, Kelly okay she was wasn't like, a well, fan I've I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it bears repeating. There uh, used to be a blog uh, just dedicated to uh, Gene Kelly's butt, like how shapely <laughs> and beautiful it is. Um, you know, a dancer's butt is going to be quite muscular and nice. Well, it not, depends on not, the dance. It depends on the <laughs> dance. Not flat generally, but yeah. Well, I remember my dad saying, because when I said my dad's a dad was a dancer, he didn't, that's not what he did for a living, but he, he liked to dance. Yeah. And, but he was, he was a very strong guy. Like when I was growing up, the, he was the most physically strong person I knew. And I remember him saying in conversation to another, like a friend of his, like a peer, because I would go to work with dad sometimes. He, he worked just a block away from the house. And I would go hang out there sometimes. And he was talking to this other guy. And I remember him saying the term, I can't remember what they were talking about, but he he said, full body strong, like a dancer. Oh. Was what he talked to somebody was like, this, he was going like, this guy was like, you know, really like full body strong, like a dancer. And that always stuck with me. I was like, I wouldn't have thought. But then late, when you start seeing what dancers can do, you go, oh, I get it. It's amazing. Yeah. Like they're, they're strong from their toes through their shins. Yeah. Everything is connected. Everything's connected. Yeah. It's funny. Jay and I just started doing yoga uh, for the first time. Like we've both done it in the past here and there, but we actually like we got him a mat. We're doing it side by side. We're doing it every day because we're just at the point of, you know, the pandemic where we're so tight and just tense all the time where we're like fuck it, let's see if yoga works. And there's all these things where he's like, how many times have you done this before? And I'm like, I've really only done like one of these videos before, but I did ballet for 12 years. And it's like the training is like in there. It's like all the posture and all the muscles are like the balance is there. Even though like I didn't, I mean, I haven't actively been doing any of that, but it's true. Like dance really does like condition you. (laughs) Yeah, because everything's got to work together. 
Yeah. And I vote there's been certain things where like we've been playing games and stuff and I he's like, why? Do, why do you have such good balance? And I was like, I think I was <laughs> like a child, like trained to balance. <laughs> like you don't think of it as conditioning, but that's exactly what it is. And also like football players will take ballet and stuff, too, to like get more coordinated and be- better balance and everything. I remember um, I'm blanking on his name now. Paul Korea, hockey player, Paul Korea. He suffered uh difficult injury mm-hmm. and somebody told him about yoga because it was a type of injury you couldn't do your normal kind of working out and they said well you should do yoga because it's not going to hurt your he, you could like not use this joint that was hurt or whatever mm-hmm. and he got hooked and he said that he his strength increased dramatically from doing yoga and yeah. he did it for the rest of his career yeah um he he loved it and i, I always thought well, i mean i should try that i like that idea of like because i'm not very flexible i'm built like barney rubble and <laughs> uh i'm all torso and i got these dinky little legs <laughs> and, and they make a sound when you walk too <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i i like the idea of being more flexible yeah. And also, as you get older, you do start to lose balance. So you you should train, like strength mm-hmm. train and balance train. So maybe yoga yeah. should be the thing for me or I ballet. All of those things are good. Like Pilates. Pilates. Yeah. Pilates. Yeah. Are, like my mom's been doing Pilates for years and she loves it. But it's like, yeah, it's like anything. Any movement is good. I think like you don't have to be super strict about it. Um, and I always thought because when I would do ballet, I was not as flexible as the other people in my ballet school. And I always thought like, that's just my body. That's how I'm going to be. But through doing yoga, I'm like, oh, I can do things I couldn't do before. And it's like, act like, you know, I'm 34 and I'm just now realizing like, oh, you can improve it. Like I was just fully thought I was set in how, you know, like my hips are just tight and it's going to stay that way. But I'm like, it is. yeah, got to check out yoga with Adrian. She's got a really cute dog. <laughs> Should we do fanciest animal? Yeah. All right. This is sort of like easing us into Papo of the Week. It's like Mm -hmm. back to back animal chat. So this is it doesn't have to be like the fanciest animal. It's just like an animal you think is pretty cool. (laughs) I'm. Like I've I've known animals because you know I'm obsessed with Sasquatch. Oh yeah, <laughs> not that I think he falls into the fancy category. He seems much I more. I think he would. I don't know. Mm. He's pretty, by all accounts, quite ripe. <laughs> yeah. Rugged. Know, known as the skunk ape in some parts of the world. That's true. He's quite. So rank. am I, though. So am I. Yeah. <laughs> um, After yoga, but the uh, the giraffe. There's something about the giraffe that fascinates me because. It, it kind of looks like it shouldn't have happened. It seems like a weird thing to have happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, uh, it's also kind of got this weird gangly gracefulness to it. Like these, when you see um, giraffes running, it always looks like slow motion. Yeah, yeah. that's they true. Get their big long uh, neck. I don't know if you've noticed, they got a long neck, the giraffe. <laughs> it's kind of their bread and D- butter. This that's just in. Nuts and bolts. <laughs> I don't. I don't like to. I don't like to pigeonhole a critter, but it's yeah. a long necked. I don't like to put a, nabel, a label on something, but it's a long neck critter, and uh, it's about eighty percent neck. And it's got this weird little donkey's body, and then like a, <laughs> a, a gazelle's legs, and then antenna. For some reason, it's got antenna yeah. like a grasshopper. Little yeah. horns. 
Do you ever hear Jamie Hutchinson did a great funny joke about... Tell us. I'm going to butcher it. but um, (laughs) Basically, he was saying he was watching a show and this this guy was... uh, He had a fossil from a dinosaur, you know, 300 million years ago or whatever. And he's showing up this little bit of the skeleton and he says, now, obviously, that uh, we can tell that this dinosaur... And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean, obviously? (laughs) 300 million years ago. This is like a guess on your part. Don't give me obviously. He said it'd be like 300 million years from now that... Archaeologists find like a giraffe skeleton and they'd be like, well, obviously this animal used its long neck to strangle its prey (laughs) and it had no vocal cords. That's why it had those little antennas for communicating telepathically. And the octopus swung from tree to tree, (laughs) obviously. I wish that was true. Well, neck, uh, giraffes do fight with their necks. Yeah, I know. It's 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 alarming to see. I have to look away. Yeah. yeah, it's shocking. I don't like seeing animals fight. Um, oh. Some people are fascinated by it, and they're like, well, it's nature. And it's probably, yeah, but there's a lot of things in nature that I don't really want to yeah. eyeball. It's gnarly. Yeah. yeah. But I like to, I'm fine seeing people fight. Okay. Um, <laughs> in, in a, in a, like a, you know, a combat situation where MMA. it's like two, two uh, people who've trained and they get in the ring of their f- own free will. And the moment one of them wants to stop, it'll yeah. stop. That's what, I think that's what bothers me about animal fights is it gets to the point where one wants to stop and the other one won't. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. Not, yeah. It's not consent based. Yeah. And there's no help for the, I'm always like, well, what happens to the bite wounds? And do they die of infection? Yeah. Like, I just, my brain can't. Can I yeah. come in with polysporin, please? Yes. <laughs> a little Band-Aid, do some wound care. Um, what I love about giraffes is, like, how much work it is for them to just drink water from the ground. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. the way they have to get real low, splay out like a starfish, and how risky <laughs> it is, too, and how they have to be, like, on the lookout, the little watering hole. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I always wanted to do, do a cartoon of a platypus talking to a giraffe and saying, what, what's my story? What's your story? Yeah. <laughs> what's your deal, buddy? That sounds beautiful. I mean, they're both, they're both fancy animals. I love them. <laughs> um, what about you, Alicia? I feel like I've already done this beautiful animal before, but the maned wolf. Oh, yeah. It looks like a fox, but it has long legs and looks like he's wearing long socks. I saw a picture of one recently and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that's the most beautiful animal in the world. I mean, you can double dip. That's fine. Like you're allowed to bring it up again. (laughs) It was just so beautiful. Um, And I wish that, you know, I wish them peace. Yeah. I wish them no, uh, no fights. fights. (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Jessica? Uh, Well, I was at uh, Spanish Banks this morning at the beach at the super low tide. And I uh, I went out to the, you know. It's a goddamn seagull story again. (laughs) It's not. It's not (laughs) seagull. Um, But, you know, when you go all the way out to where they have like the little buoys that say, you know, danger, steep drop here. Like it's like where the beach goes out flat for a really long time. And then there's the shelf. And so we were being cautious. But there was these cormorants out there who were diving for fish. And they're so cool. They look like aliens. They're so sleek. Their bodies, like they look like loons, but more elegant. Like they're less goofy. Um, And each time they'd come up, you know, they'd go under and you'd say like, where are they going to come up next? Each time they'd come (laughs) up, they'd have a little silver fish in their head. And they'd be like flipping it around, shaking it from side to side. And it was just. 
it was so impressive. But they were like so graceful the whole time they were doing it. I can't even really picture a comorant. I know I've seen them, but I'm trying to. They're black and they're pretty sleek and they've got like um, sort of like a bendy gooseneck almost. And these ones were bigger than I feel like normal. Like I think you can see them down by Granville Island often too, but they're really like they're diving birds. Like they'll dive under and they're, they're just so cool. I love Do them. Do they hit the water at a high speed? Do they go into the water from, a fl- from flying? No, they're just uh, like floating or swimming and they'll just dip under and come back up and they're, you know, way down. The beach. One of the birds, some birds do that, right? They'll be flying yeah. along and then they just like torpedo. Pierce yes. the water. Yeah, that's like so what, impressive. What birds do that? They're, uh, I think eagles do it. Yeah, there was, we also saw a, a bald eagle sitting down there, which was pretty cool. And it was huge. They just go down, they just grab at their feet though, right? That's true. But some I, birds like go. might. I just didn't see them doing it this they time. They just, they harpoon face first into the, into the water. Yeah. And it's I a love- cormorant. How they all just like tuck and become like aerodynamic. Yeah, like a little arrow. Yeah, it's very Did cool. Did you ever see? I think I think Cormorant is the name of the uh, the name of the person who fancies himself a super villain in this movie, and he goes by the Cormorant. I think. Have oh. you ever seen the movie Mindhunter? No, oh, it's so funny. It's this British movie. Mind it's Hunter. so funny, Mindhunter, and the premise. I'll just tell you the premise of it. Um, there's this guy who he's a kidnapped some people and stuff and he's uh not Wait, are you talking about mind horn <laughs> oh sorry yeah mind horn yeah mind yeah horn, i love that movie Hunter. oh it's so yeah, funny with julian barrett playing like the washed up like action star yeah, yeah. he is the cormorant like the the, yeah, the bad guy was the, the, the cormorant, cormorant i think yeah and he's like <laughs> and so this this bad guy the cormorant will only talk to mind horn yeah and the problem is mind horn was an 80s tv action character yeah. <laughs> and so the cops have to track down this old washed up actor who played mind horn on tv i love that movie <laughs> and he tr- he treats it as like this is his big comeback yeah and he's such a smarmy a-hole he's so funny that's such a great movie, Mind Horn. I've never met anyone else who's seen that movie before. <laughs> like, oh, so I just, I yeah, I discovered it by going on like a deep dive on Julian Barrett's IMDb page. And I was like, oh, this looks amazing. And <laughs> I was not disappointed. So funny. And it's so, yeah. it's so unlike anything else. Yeah. And also it's got that, you know, the British are so great at embracing silliness and not looking at, they don't look down on silliness. So there's tons of the, you know, a lot of this movie is like very smart comedy. Even the premise of it is like so smart and original. But there's also tons of just silliness in it. That's so, and they just embrace it. And it's so good. So fun and funny. Lots of like goofy slapstick and stuff. Yeah. That one, that is a good one. Yeah, that's where I've heard Cormorant before. Yeah. It's from Mindhorn. See, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm sure there's like lots of different varieties of them. And I'm not like a, a experienced birder or anything. Like I'm not like, that's that species and that genus or whatever. But I'm just like, ooh, they're cool. They look like dinosaurs. <laughs> the next time we talk, I want you to be the most knowledgeable person in Cormorants. In Canada. Okay. I'll uh, go to ornithology school. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend of mine who always, it makes me laugh. He always ends everything with in Canada. He'll always say like, I'm, tonight I'm going to be the drunkest man in Canada. Or he'll say, that guy has the longest hair in Canada. <laughs> it always makes me laugh in Canada. Wow. Yeah. Such a specific. I'm the most anything in Canada. <laughs> he'll say it so often. I'm surprised it still makes me laugh, but it does all the time. It'll be like, 
this place is the windiest place in Canada. <laughs> it's just like a little breezy, you know? God, we're in the windiest place in Canada. It's good. Love it. I like it. I like it as a bit. Is it time for Puppo of the Week? It is time for Puppo of the Week. All right. Brent, who is your Puppo? I saw, I shouldn't be surprised at how great this was. Like when I tell you, you're going to say, well, of course, that would be great. But it's something I never thought of. I never, it just never crossed my mind. And I saw it out of the blue. And it's, uh, I saw two young corgi pups wrestling. Stop. That's my kind of That's exactly what I did. Urch, just stop. (laughs) It was the best thing I think I've ever ever seen. It was the best thing in Canada. Yeah. (laughs) And they weren't, they weren't like, uh, uh, they weren't like, uh, puppy puppy like you know infants they were like young probably they were like the equivalent of teenagers probably Teen they were still corgis. very young uh, corgis i think it's called them cor- cormorants again that's in my head but these two <laughs> cor i would like to see a corgi and a cormorant fight who would yeah. come out oh uh, whoa <laughs> battle royale but it was the, the corgi best would win two probably. corgis having a fun wrestling match and it was like a sunny day. Oh, it was like so everything cute. was right with the world for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, the and world I just is stopped. itself. It was like they were across the street in the sidewalk. And I just like, I got nowhere to be that takes precedent <laughs> over watching this. I watched it for about 30 seconds. It was fantastic. Amazing. It's like, I feel like something shifted in the past week or so. And people are starting to like, let you pet their dogs more like it was more like before it was like everyone's keeping their distance and crossing the street and stuff and then jay and i pet two dogs in one day and i was like it's the return of dogs it's i'm back. so excited i should be a dog walker really alicia who's your pup of the week my pup of the week is hank tobin um he's a great dog he yeah, I love well, him so I didn't much. know we could pick our own. Now I feel yeah, bad. Yeah, you can pick. Yeah. I hope Oliver doesn't hear this now. <laughs> He's you can have a fan. second puppo. You can choose. You yeah. can choose Oliver. You can. We can do a round and come back. It's I not- choose Hank every week, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> so. And it's because he's right behind me. So he's waiting for it. Would he be upset? Yeah. Um, he's a really sensitive dog. Like he got in trouble the other night. And uh, I don't think like getting upset at Hank is like, I always regret it for multiple days afterwards because he <sighs> won't get off the bed. And sometimes I like need to make the bed, but he's like, I'm sleeping. And so I'll go to move him and I'll growl at me. And I was like, well, you can't growl at me, sir. <laughs> and I was like, you get out of the room. And I close the door. And then I open the door and he's like just staring at me like so upset. And I close the door again. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, what are you doing? He is a 20-pound dog who doesn't know what a squirrel is. <laughs> like, yeah. you're being a fucking tool, Alicia. But, um, yeah, I love him. He'll get over it. It's okay. I just have to let him know that he needs to get off the bed in a different way. Someone went to grab me, I'd be scared. Yeah, especially, <laughs> yeah, after all, so long of not being grabbed. Um, <laughs> totally. Oh, boy. Uh, Jessica, who is your, <laughs> uh, who's your puppo? Uh, it's another animal I encountered today, and it's a crab, a live <gasps> crab that I met on the beach today, and it was just a magical little encounter. Uh, I wasn't sure, like we, we did see a seagull, like, uh, going to town on a dead crab RIP. And we were like, wow, that's like a very large crab. But then later we came across this one that was just sitting there and the tide was starting to come back in. So we were like heading back, trying to not get stuck on a little sand Island. 
And I was like, is it alive? I can't tell. It wasn't really moving. And I just sort of like pet its little shell. And then he started like wiggling around (laughs) and like trying to bury himself in the sand. And it was just so cute. And like uh, little bubbles were coming out of its butt. And I was like, are you (laughs) farting, sir? (laughs) Like, is this a crap fart? Um, And then like it had, you know how they have the little... I don't know, antennas or like... Like a giraffe. Yeah. Yeah, For telepathic uh, communication. It just had one. And so it was just like this little wonky... And it looked... It was like pretty... It was bigger than my hand. Um, So it was like... uh, Maybe it was a senior crab. But I I just love that crab. You go down to the buffet to senior crab. (laughs) Come down to senior crab. All this week. Um, So yeah, that's my... Cresto of the week. Oh, nice. <laughs> New segment, Cresto of the week. Cresto of the week. Yeah, I love a crab. I love just like having a different experience, you know? That was the first draft of the song, I Love a Parade. The first draft is, <laughs> I love a crab. And then yeah. he was like, after the halfway through the first verse, he's like, this isn't going yeah, anywhere. Yeah, not enough things rhyme with crustacean. I need to mix this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a fan of going and walking on the beach at low tide. It's nothing, nothing beats it. I'm not like, I'm not a beach person. I'm not like a layout on the sand, reading a book with a picnic. I'm like, let's get the boots on. It's a blustery day. Let's encounter some cormorants. Like that's my, (laughs) that's my favorite beach activity. But there's a funk though. Uh, That low tide has a funk. (laughs) It's a funk of 40,000 years. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It it wasn't actually stinky today. It wasn't, but I know what you mean. Like, yeah, there's that like marine stench, but it was, maybe it was like just enough breeze that it was. Yeah. Maybe the rain as well. I bought, uh, speaking of funk, I bought myself an old typewriter, 1957 Smith Corona Silence Super Typewriter. And I love it. It's been machined and like, it's in perfect working order. Nice. But. The case that it comes in, you know, it's been, it, it sat in somebody's closet probably for 60 years, right? Yeah. And so it's got this 1957 funk. Mm. And I've had, I've had it for two weeks now and I've had the case sitting outside under our, you know, balcony thing so that the weather doesn't get at it, but just trying to air this thing out. And it's still, I mean, it smells a bit less, but it's still hanging on to this 1957 funk. Yeah. I've got stuff Sorry. like that, like family photos that have that like mildew smell. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get rid of the photos, but the smell makes me want to barf. Like, Yeah. I, like how do you, there's got to be some way. I was trying to research online. How do you get rid of these smells? And everybody's like, oh, here's how you do it. They're very confident, right? Mm-hmm. Here's how you do it. And then it's just, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. I've tried a lot of stuff like that. Nothing comes to mind. And I usually know lots of like weird little tidbits like that. Like how Everyone's to fix like things. vinegar. And it's like, well, then it's going to smell like that and vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I haven't tried though, which comes to mind. And I know that this works sometimes for getting rid of smells is ground coffee. Oh yeah. Mm. yeah I was thinking I, like charcoal. Oh yeah. Charcoal like sucks, sucks stuff yeah. into it. But if that's what 1957 smelled like, I'm glad I. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I wasn't around. Everything must have smelled just like cigarettes. Like everyone was smoking. No one's drinking water. (laughs) Like (laughs) still not. Just yeah, bad breath and cigarettes. I think. Um, So that brings us to the end, Uh, Brent. If you have anything you'd like to plug, let's hear it. 
Not really. Like if my book got published, then I would yeah, be, pu- you know, sake. that's the thing that I'm hanging on here. I want to get, but if you, you know, if you just follow me online, follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Brent mm-hmm. Butt, you know, I'm a, I'm a bear for self-promotion. So when, uh, if, if my book ever did get published or anything that I do, I, I'm always yapping about it on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Something to look forward to for sure. People could watch your show, Corner Gas Animated. Yes, they could. Corner Gas or Animated. Or the original, Corner Gas. The Classic. new season of Corner Gas Animated, season four, is probably going to start this summer. Oh. Amazing. So again, like follow me online and you'll, I'll let you know when, I'll, when, when I know when that's happening. I will shout it loud and lots, I like to say. Nice. You, do, you say that all the time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's my motto. <laughs> loud and lots. Loud and lots. Uh, Jessica. Yes. People want a bongo dance. Yeah, you can check out a music video for a song that uh, Jay and I made called uh, Bongo Dance. Uh, just look on YouTube. The band is called Auto Syndicate Bongo Dance. I mean, it's been out since December. So if you haven't seen it, like get on that. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, if you want to buy some Retail Nightmares merch, you can buy a tote bag or other things on our shop, which is retailnightmares.bigcartel.com. I live a block away from a post office and I have a personal relationship with all the employees who work there. So (laughs) I, yeah, love to, love to mail out merch. What about you, Alicia? If people want to check out your book. I mean, it's been around longer than bongo dance. That's for sure. Uh, But you're welcome to buy my book or ask your library to bring it in for you. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm sometimes funny on there, sometimes just really mad. They're not they're not mutually exclusive, though. Sometimes you're mad and funny. That's quite that's quite often. Yeah. If you want to do something great uh, this week, you could write uh, the premiere of BC about cutting down our old forests, the last bit of them. Um, and if you want that information, I will tweet that to you. So just send me a message. Um, yeah. And I hope everyone is taking good care out there. It feels like the end is sort of in sight. Uh, don't forget to be safe. Don't forget to wear a mask when you can. Don't forget to look for opportunities to be kind and good, but also stick it to the man. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we love you and thank you so much Brent for being on the podcast you are just such a delight in this yeah. world such a bright light in a dark thank time thank you thank yeah. you well right back at you guys Aww. yeah please come back anytime you like and I'm so excited to read this book of yours yeah me too yeah it's either going to get published or I'm just going to sell it at the back of my trunk of my car or something one way or the other it's getting out in the world yeah I'm reading it either way <laughs> <laughs> photocopied zine style <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely five dollars or pay what you can <laughs> love it well good good night everybody bye-bye bye-bye, bye-bye.